Lifestyle Magazine and Podcast, bringing you the best of what Detroit has to offer. I'm your host, Lou Goldhaber, and thank you for joining us on this very special three-part podcast series featuring five exceptional Detroit changemakers. So in honor, guys, of National Podcast Day, we're recording live from the Lisa Spindler studio right here on Woodward Avenue in downtown Detroit. And we're talking with my dear friend, photographer, artist, and collector, Lisa Spindler herself. But that's not all. She brought us some really cool Detroit artists, changemakers, and people I'm really excited to talk about. So in part one of this three-part series, we're talking with artist Lisa, but we're also going to talk with Eric Lowry, a.k.a. El Cappy, and Antonio Robinson, a.k.a. Tony Hooligan, member of the creative squad, otherwise known as the Hooligans. So guys, how we doing? Wow, Great. good. Awesome Great. intro. That was, that was amazing. You <laughs> like that intro? Yeah. Was that hot or what? Yeah, That's yeah, right? That was, that was, I love it. Well, done. guys, first off, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come down and talk to us. And Lisa, thank you so much for letting us use this amazing space. I've never been surrounded by such cool art, and this is, like, amazing for me. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to talk. I think it's really important. For all right. of us. Well, let's start off by introducing you. So you're not shy and you're not uh, new to the Detroit scene. So I want everyone to kind of know who you are. So you're a photographer, you're an artist, you're a collector, you're a native of Detroit, and your career spans three decades in this town, right? Three whole decades. And your work can be found not only in our own properties, but all throughout Detroit, as well as the United States. So I want people to kind of know where we're sitting. Like, what does this mean to you? Like, where are we right now? And where can we find your work throughout the city? Well, um, this is an interesting location. Um, I was originally in Corktown uh, at Rosa Parks and Fort, and um, the, my last studio was amazing. And this space is very different for me. We are in the original Lane Bryant clothing store. Uh, built, I think it was built in the early 20s, but um, it was operating in the 30s and 40s. And... Um, I've never been in a, a retail location. I'm, we're on Woodward Avenue here next to John Varvatos. So let me stop your oh, sure. Like We're in the heart of it. Like I want people to know well, where we are. I mean, it, literally, I'm <laughs> sitting on Woodward Avenue. I got people in the crowd outside. I wish you guys can see this. There's people on the street looking at us as we do this podcast. So this wasn't the heart at, at one time. I mean, Hudson's was a block away, you know, at one time. But years ago... This this whole block really had nothing going on. And so when I moved here about three years ago, um, there wasn't, except for John Barbados, it, it was, that was the only uh, men's clothing store here. And now it's become, yeah, I, we're in probably the hottest spot right now. And your art is not just here. I mean, your stuff is all throughout the city. It's in restaurants, it's in hotels. I mean, your stuff's everywhere. Well, I've been around a long time, and um, it's been an amazing time in Detroit, and I'm very proud that the companies have supported me and the people here that have known my work have followed me, and it's a great time right now. I'm very grateful. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of your friends, because you didn't just come alone. You brought reinforcements, which I I love. I, I have to say, when you asked me to invite five guests to be interviewed, I thought of a lot of people I wanted to meet, some famous people in Detroit. And then I thought, who are five people? It came to me one night. Who are five people I really respect for qualities that are amazing in each one of them? And I believe in each one of these people. And I'm so glad that they could all make it today. And it means a lot. And starting with Eric, um, you know, I believe people meet 
and cross paths for a reason. And I can't explain the connection with Eric except that he was my uh, neighbor in Corktown across the street. And when I first saw his work, I knew that he was extremely talented. And um, immediately, I believed in Eric. Um, so let's introduce him. Okay. Well, let me introduce yep. him. So we got yeah. on my left, yeah. right? Thank we got so much. Eric, <laughs> a.k.a. L. Cappy, whose yeah. art is literally surrounding me as I do this podcast, right? Yeah. And you kind of are known for putting together, you know, amazing artwork on shoes for some of the biggest names in the NBA, the NFL. And that's kind of your thing. And then on my right, I got Tony Hooligan, who's a member of the Hooligan squad, who's kind of all known around town as well for, you know, work for murals in, 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 in the market and all kinds of cool stuff. So guys, how did you guys all meet? Like, like I'm sitting here surrounded by greatness. How did you guys all meet? Yeah. I met Lisa over at the, let him hear it. Let yeah, him hear it. Yeah. Parks okay. in Fort location. I, I, I was her neighbor and I was actually moving to Texas at the time. And, uh, she let me keep my stuff <laughs> at her studio over there. Like, so you were a squatter, basically. Yeah, kind of a squatter. That's I guess. cool. Yeah, yeah. Wrong being a squatter. He, he needed okay. a storage space. No. Every artist's story had a lot starts with a squatter. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's how I met Lisa. And, yeah. But I met Tony through, I would say, burn rubber, like uh, just going up to a sneaker store in Royal Oak all the time and uh, designing through uh, Rick Williams. Uh, we we met back in 2014, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 2000, yeah, 2014. So, Tony, earlier. What, what's your connection with all this? Well, how, um, how, did, how did you know Lisa? How did you guys all meet? So, I met Lisa through Kat. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I, I've born and raised in Detroit, um, but me and Cap history is pretty much based in being in, like, the same kind of scene or in, like, the same culture of, like, the Detroit renaissance of things just being... Um, well, coming from the arts, coming from uh, just the community surrounding uh, metropolitan Detroit, um, just really like focusing and honing in on our skills and talents and then like doing like major things behind that and then like creating an audience behind that and showing people that Detroit has something um, bigger than just like the auto industry or something sure. like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about this, the Detroit art scene a little bit later, but do most of the artists in town know each other? I mean, is it a small community? Yeah, yeah, I would say it's much. pretty night or tight knit. Yeah, yeah. Tight. yeah, everybody kind of knows. No one knows me apparently yet, no. but we're going to work on that. <laughs> we're hopefully people will no. get to know me <laughs> by the time, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But we'll get to that. So, I want to talk about each of your disciplines because you guys do very different stuff. I mean, El Capi, your stuff's up here. It's certainly unique and, and really special. And mm-hmm. and Tony, I've seen some of your work in the in the market, and it's incredible. You know, talk to me about how you guys got started in the arts, Lisa. You too. I mean, how did the journey begin for each of you? Maybe Lisa, you can start. Well. um, I had an amazing third grade um, teacher that inspired me, and I loved art. I fell in love with art in third grade, but I had a teacher in high school that uh, my photography teacher, Jack Summers, a lot of important people in the movie business and uh, film and visual arts had him as an instructor, and he changed my life in high school. And... um, I fell in love with photography and I've been in downtown Detroit pretty much my whole life and I've had about 12 studios downtown here okay. over Great the years journey. and it's been, uh, I never thought what is happening right now would be happening. Um, but we all kind of like stuck it out and Eric had a store a couple blocks away at Grand River and in Broadway, like four or five, four years ago. Yeah. And he was ahead of the time. Unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, weren't coming to Detroit four years ago, three years ago. And had it been now, it'd be a different story. But uh, I think we've all been here doing work for a long, long time. And Tony, are you self-taught? Like, did you go to school for the arts or are you just learned through experience? 
time you got? <laughs> I have about 50 minutes for this podcast. Uh, pretty yeah. much self-taught, but honestly, I'm, I've, I've been guided this way. Um, it's not something that I like seeked out. I didn't like grow up wanting to be an artist. I wanted to be like a scientist or a teacher or something like that. Um, but it was really like finding out that I had a talent and then other people surrounding me, pushing me towards different things that I could do with that talent. You know, could you do this for me? Could you do that? And then building off of that, it got me into, well, it got my mom interested in like, oh, well, maybe I should put him into art school. So she threw me into performing arts middle school. And then from there, I kind of like stumbled into a performing arts high school. Um, and then from there, I went to a private art college and then like dropped out. And then from there, it was kind of like pioneering what I see now is my career and living a life off doing what it is that I love to do with people that I love to do. Okay. And Eric, I just have this vision of you being like five years old, like with a bunch of crayons, like messing up your parents' shoes. Oh, no. Is that like a an accurate <laughs> vision or is that totally off? No, I would say, I guess I didn't start really getting into the art scene until like high school. So I really didn't focus on my skills and anything until later in life, but feel like it's all self-taught though it's also yeah. so you just like started messing around and yeah i really just started messing around with uh painting designing shoes and i mean i guess i didn't have any formal art training before that and then it has become something way way bigger so, i love that yeah all right so let, let's talk about your names okay lisa yours is pretty straightforward <laughs> yep lisa spindler studio not not it's creative about as good mm-hmm. as mine, but I want to talk about your name. So we got L Cappy and, and Tony Hooligan. Like, tell me about the creation of the names because I need to name myself, and I'm hoping you guys can help me kind of come up with something cool. Yeah. Go first. All right. So Cap, uh, tell me how does where does yeah, L Cappy yeah, come from? Came from well, from growing up in yeah, going to school in Royal Oak. I used to be able to skip school and go to Burn Rubber growing okay. up. So just by being the youngest one, I feel like going up there and kicking it and i feel like they gave me my nickname of el cappy but it was like through uh i guess i was skateboarding at the time and i was like the first person in there and they didn't really know any other skateboarders and they wanted me to kind of organize a skate team so it's like they thought i was like you know the leader so el cappy and so it's like for like el capitan yeah yeah yeah. i got it yeah so that's how it actually came about and then actually that's how i met tony because i had him help me design my logo Way back, oh. yeah, way back when. See that? Yeah, yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. Collaboration. Yeah, right yeah. Now. And that's how... Like 10 years later. Yeah, 10 years later, and we're here. I love, <laughs> all right, so Tony Hooligan. Tell Sorry. me, how, how did the Hooligans start? Like, what's the name from? Um, The name is from uh, our brains. It's made up. It doesn't exist. It is a concept that allows us to move through life understanding that you can do whatever it is that you want to do and build something from it, uh, especially if you love it and have a, a passion for it. Um, specifically with the Hooligan, uh, we formed this team like way back in 2009. Um, one of my partners, which is right over there with the camera, shit, Nash, um, Nash Hooligan. Um, I was at CCS. Uh, we was college students. We was broke college students. We wanted to make a clothing line. Shit didn't really work out. We stuck together as a family formulated a team and now we're all creative entrepreneurs striving and building like programs for the youth, developing our community, developing ourselves. Um, and really just focused on, uh, honing in on, on, on the, the Renaissance of Detroit and, and what it, what is turning out to be. So everyone in the squad is a hooligan. 
So it's just the name before the hooligan. So like, would I be like Lou Hooligan? You could tap in with it if you want. Because I, I saw some clapping behind you there. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping there was a positive hey, reaction. To we got love in the streets. Yeah, so audience outside, Lou Hooligan. How does that work? All right. It seems to be a positive <laughs> yeah. response to Lou yeah, Hooligan. So I'm like that. blessed to be able to, you know, use the name infrequently. You could tap in with uh, Brew Hooligan. That's Bru- uh, Detroit Bruce. Detroit Bruce. One yeah. of our first uh, uh, podcast uh, yeah, attendees he here. Right. He follow him on Instagram. That's yeah. Funny. All right. So I'm gonna, from now on, at least when I'm in your presence, I will be known as Lou Ooh. Hooligan. Lisa, awesome. you think about that? All right. We're making progress, gentlemen. I love What's it. What's happening? Yeah. All right. So, Eric, I want to talk, get back to you and kind yeah. of how you got started in your career. I think most people, a lot of people know you from the work you did with sneakers. Yeah. But if you look at all the work that, you, that I'm surrounded by here, it's obviously a very different discipline. So yeah. what inspired you to kind of switch gears and, and do this? Um, I guess I switched gears when I, I, I would always... Um, cut up paper and make collages with uh with all my work really like i started by doing a playboy like a big playboy bunny like seven feet tall and i did um and it's totally acceptable it's pg guys it's all good yeah pg but i mean for this i really just started painting with um the colors like i almost like started looking for through magazines for colors instead of like for anything else and i really just started shopping up a bunch of magazines and making pieces. <laughs> so this, this particular pattern, cause I mean, obviously people can't oh, yeah, yeah, see yeah, this yeah. cause they're listening, but I mean, this is a really unique, yeah. very intricate detail, like level work here. So was there something about this pattern that spoke to you or were you just kind of like yeah, messing yeah. around and this is what it's happened? It's just like the, it's like an infinity pattern. It's a, it's like an ongoing cube pattern. It's the same, like even, even as a, I don't know, everyone knows it as the go yard print, but it is a, it's like a cube. Like if you break it down, I don't know. I see it. Yeah, it. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who are listening at home, he's describing to me kind of in the painting yeah, kind right. of how this all comes together. And it's incredibly, you know, hopefully you guys come check this out because it is so incredibly cool what you've oh, done yeah, here. Definitely come check out my show at, at Lisa Spindler Studio. September, or what is it? September 28th? It's actually tomorrow. We'll make sure we post yeah, lots yeah, of images please, from please, the please. show for people to see. But all right. So Tony, you do a lot of work just kind of in album art, right? You do yeah. a lot of cool stuff for other artists. How did you get involved in doing that? I mean, I've seen some of the work you've done for other people. I mean, what inspired you to get into that? Um, it was kind of like a series of steps. Um, when I was in school, I kind of connected with like a couple of artists at what was formerly known as Dirty Glove and Finally Famous. Um, we used to work out at a studio called Capital Park over there in Capital Park. Shout out to uh, Juan, Street Lord Juan, uh, Free Juan. Um, I think that unity allowed me to put myself in an atmosphere where I understood that I had a purpose for my art and my art had a purpose for other people. Uh, music artists needed cover art. I had the talents and the skills. I also needed the money. So it was like, how could we barter and, or you could pay me for my services. And then that grew into what was a business. And then, um, I moved to New York in 2012 and I met, uh, the prior kids, uh, Joey badass, uh, cinematic music group, uh, a ton of people. I was working at uh, Echo Unlimited and I kind of built a relationship with a lot of people, Big Crit. Um, and I also kept relationships that I had from Detroit, Dej Loaf. Um, and through building these relationships, I built out this portfolio and the portfolio consists of like three albums and a uh, hundred some mixtape covers because it's a lot of music out there. Yeah. But um, do you like really, do you like doing them? Is it a is it? Yeah, a, I love it. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a it's a like finding a balance between something that you have to do and then something that you enjoy doing for something that you want to do at the end. Like I saw that I needed money fast, but my painting wasn't going to be able to create or sustain myself as an artist early on in my career as I've envisioned. 
Um, so I use pretty much the music and the money from that to fund myself as an artist, pay for my own supplies, pay for my own living, uh, support myself freelance wise in New York, and then just bring all of it back home. I love that. And are you working with anyone like incredibly cool that you want to mention right now? Um, my team, everybody that I'm working with every day, they some cool. Can I cuss? Absolutely. They're some cool motherfuckers, man. <laughs> yeah. Totally can cuss. Yeah, we can yeah. always edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I love them. It's like, it's like being in New York, I seen everybody else doing their thing. And then it took for me to come back home and then realize that we needed something as well. And then seeing that all my friends around me had talents and skills is like, ah, can we bring this together and make like a better us for the better population? So that way we could all be a better Detroit in general. I love that. All right. So Lisa, I want to get back to you in this amazing studio we're sitting in. So this is like a rare occasion that you would actually open up your studio to other artists. I mean, this is like your somewhat private sanctuary. So what about this? Like, what about this event? These, these artists got you inspired to do something you really don't do very frequently. So when Eric, I ran into Eric after a number of years, um, uh, and he was telling me about his work he was doing, and he said, would you like to see it? I'd love you to come to the studio. I said, sure, I'll, I'll check it out. So when I saw his work, um, I said, you know, I have a studio. I'm not a gallery. I don't do shows for other artists. I haven't even had my own show. But when I saw his work, he said, you know, I really would love to have a show. And I said... And the pieces were beautiful. And he said, um, would you ever think of consider doing a show? And I thought, you know what? In that moment, I, I thought, yes. I, I thought, you know what? I'm willing to take down half the gallery, I'm sorry, the studio, and give him a show because it was the right thing to do at the time that I decided that the work was excellent and um I didn't really think twice about it. I thought this is um, something new. Uh, I've never opened to the public. And um, because it's really important that people know this is a working studio. This is not where I was, but it's where I am now. Although people think it's a gallery because of the way we've displayed the artwork. And I, I meet my clients here. But I've also realized that people really want to see art. And they, they want to go to galleries in Detroit. Especially the people that are visiting from other cities that are coming to Detroit. They want to see the authentic um, image they have of Detroit. Um, the old buildings, the restaurants, the cool places to go. And the art, which is becoming more popular here. And Eric is like the perfect example of an authentic artist. Now, Tony, I recently, you know, started getting to know is another artist. So, it, you know, it was just like, I just had to do it. You're now Lisa Hull again. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not sure if I deserve that. Title. I don't yeah. deserve it either, I mean, but I just you do what it. you love. Yeah. So, you do what you love, Lisa? Oh, I do. I have for many years. Yeah. And you're a hooligan. Okay. You're, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. I'm an Thank honorary you. hooligan. I won't, yeah. just for the one day. This okay. right here is hooliganess. This, is, this, this podcast has officially been stamped hooligan you, okay. you feel me? You're doing what you love on the side because you love it. See? Okay. You're now Lisa Hooligan. Thank you. Thank you. LNL. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Was, I think it's really, you know, an incredible story because when I was talking to Lisa about this event, I mean, this is not a small thing for her to open up her private. This is a very private space. So yeah. Eric, I mean, how does it feel to hear um, kind of the words from, yeah. from Lisa about how she feels about your work? I feel very thankful. I feel very blessed that I get to work with Lisa and, you know, share the space with her and I've known her for years. So I, you know, I definitely feel like it was, just everything was right. You know, everything just worked out and it was never, nothing was forced. So I feel like everything just, 
I don't know. I just had all the work done. Yeah. So it just was a good good fit. It was meant to be, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meant to be. I just want to say one thing. It, it was a collaboration that has turned out to be far more meaningful and powerful. Um, IBM recently moved downtown from Southfield, and uh, they wanted artwork for their building. So I was working with some women at Pop House. They came to the studio, and they looked at my work, and, and they did end up purchasing some of my work. But when they looked over at Eric's work, I said, you know, I'd like to show you some other work here. It's an artist that recently brought some work in that I think is really talented, and we're going to have a show. And they immediately, in their head, they got it, and they they commissioned Eric to do a piece for IBM. And that's one of the things, like, I just felt like if I could help Eric in any way get to a um, the next level with his work, it would be to introduce the work to people that would never probably have seen it, you know, in his studio, his private studio. So that was like a big step that, and he hasn't even opened his show and he's already sold, you know, three or four pieces. I know, it's so unbelievable. It's pretty, I think that's crazy. incredible. <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah. So yeah. let's switch gears for a second and just talk about the Detroit art scene. Cause you guys all have different perspectives. You have different disciplines and you, but you all have a very deep connection to Detroit. You know, some of you have left, you've come back. Some of you have been here for decades. How do you feel the artist scene currently is in Detroit? Maybe you guys can all just kind of give me your perspective on how you think that the scene is right now. Vibrant. Yeah, that's mm. a good word. <laughs> yeah, vibrant. Getting recognized. Yeah. yeah. And, and is there a difference now than in the past? Like, why is why is it vibrant now and it wasn't five years ago? Um, I believe it's a little bit more vibrant because artists are now having access to platforms that they didn't have five years ago, like being able to have a podcast in the middle of downtown Detroit in a studio. This Very wasn't true. something that was possible. Um, but opportunities like this are prevalent in other cities, um, but they've done it in times way before us. Um, something like this for Detroit is special because it's new, it's interesting, and it also shows that we're just like any other city. Right. Um, we could do exactly what it is that they do with what it is that we have. And the artists and the talent and the studios that we have. Like Detroit always been like this. Nothing is ever, nothing is really like astoundingly changing about the hustle and the drive of the people and, and the things that have been going on here for years, if not centuries. How about you, Eric? What do yeah. you think about the scene right now? I think the talent has always been here. Mm-hmm. It's just, we finally have a platform to show, yeah, showcase it. So it's like a perfect segue to my next question. So yeah. do we, as Detroiters get respect on the national scene now? Like, I mean, in the artist world, I can imagine that the big, you know, the New York's, the LA's, the Chicago's are kind of getting that exposure. Are we now at a place, you know, in Detroit's kind of, trajectory where we're getting that level of respect i think we yeah i mean it's just on it's on the the tipping point it's we're not there yet but i feel like we are getting a lot more respect than i mean lisa more people are more people are uh hearing about it uh wanting to see detroit art i think it's always been here Hmm. and again we've never really had a way to get it out to the world or many people left detroit because they needed more exposure and wanted to do more but um I do think people are paying attention. Um, just because it's from Detroit doesn't mean it's good. There's, you know, there's good Detroit art, and there's some that that isn't. I have to be honest with you. A lot of people like jump on that bandwagon of Detroit, but I think the artists that are here that have been working for a long time are getting recognized, and people are really watching the Detroit uh, scene right now. So let me ask you guys, does Detroit come out in your work? I mean, I know that like, for what I do every single day, like being in Detroit and being part of what's going on here, it comes out kind of in every single thing that I do. So I'm curious, I'll go around the horn here. Yeah. I mean, how does Detroit come out in your work? 
I mean, Mr. Cappy, yeah, let, yeah, let me let me know. I'm trying to think how speak loud into that mic yeah, and tell yeah, me yeah. tell me why Detroit is a part of what you do. I guess this this recent body of work is I mean, it it's Detroit, but it's not Detroit. It's very vibrant. It's like it's very new. So I don't know how to. I mean, I'm I'm definitely inspired by Detroit. So I feel like Detroit is put into these pieces, but it's just a very very new look. So I don't know. Yeah, it it is it is what it isn't. <laughs> Tony, how about you? I was about to say it's probably like what Cap's saying. Um, I, I, it's Detroit because it's me. Um, it's also Detroit because it's a reflection of the things that I've experienced here and have transmuted into my work in Detroit. Um, and that's about as Detroit as I can produce. You feel me for somebody that's not here, right? And Lisa, how about you? So I can I totally understand what Tony just said. Uh, I try to take, or I have for many years, uh, tried to create, I don't know if I want to say beautiful things, but tried to create art out of really nothing. And and that's what the beautiful part is, like the beautiful industrial things that I see. You know, I've always done beautiful things and and organic things and figurative. But then when I see the raw uh, Detroit elements, I try to use those and uh, incorporate them in my work. And they start to build new things that, and again, these are things that are, have been around us our whole life growing up here. So I think that's like an amazing gift in some way to have been brought up here because there's not always much here to work with, but we've been able to all find a way to create something beautiful. Like Eric's work is like this tapestry of amazing, uh, all sources of of elements of Detroit inspired kind of things, but the way he sees I don't, I don't know if that would have happened if he was somewhere else. So let me talk to you about your journey. So you've been in Detroit for decades. (laughs) Since 62. Since 62, Uh when it wasn't cool to be, yeah, to be down here doing what you're doing. So Mm. talk to me what that journey has been like as an artist, because you've seen ups, downs, lefts, rights, the city's multiple resurgence, right? I mean, talk to me about that journey. So it's funny, the building that Eric had his store in a few years ago was the same building that I had my first studio in, in the 80s. I remember I paid $200 a month for a little room at Broadway and Grand River. And uh, the reason I've been in Detroit downtown my whole life with studios is because it was cheap and nobody came down here. So really, I've been every uh, on the rooftop of the Park Shelton to Corktown to above Nikki's Pizza to Harmony Park. You know, the 12 David Whitney building, all these places just had nobody in them. And um, the artists were down here working in these buildings and... It was the only place I could have a studio. I could, it's the only place I could afford to have a studio was in downtown uh, throughout these years. And, um, you know, I have to say, I always was proud to be from Detroit. Um, and just recently, it's like really an amazing thing to be from Detroit. Like people recognize it and respect it. But back then, it was uh, it didn't work for me a lot back then. So now is it kind of like, everybody's coming into the city or you're like, Hey, slow down. I've been here for yeah, since 1962. A, we were very, you know, pro- a little, posi- I a little don't know, protective, protective a, little protective. And, and a little bit, you know, um, yeah, I think we, we love the city so much in many different ways and we stuck it out and, and, um, yeah, it's very, that's very true. I'm very guarded about it and respect the people that have stayed and have worked and, um, uh, yeah, it hits a very close part in my heart. It's awesome. I love that. So Tony, I want to kind of switch gears and talk about, you do a lot of mentoring 
right? For young up and coming artists, not only just your own group, but other, other kids in the city who are striving to be, you know, artists and entrepreneurs like you. So how do you tell them how to navigate this town? Because I can imagine, you know, being an up and coming artist, there's, you know, hurdles and hustle you got to do. What, what, what advice are you giving them? Uh, I think one of the biggest questions people always ask me is that, do you have to leave Detroit to make it? Um, and, uh, I can't necessarily speak from a perspective of that because I left Detroit, but I always left Detroit with the intention of coming back. Um, so it never, it never left with me, but it's always been with me. Um, and in that aspect, I think that keeping in Detroit in mind when you are creating or crafting yourself in a career, um, will help further the opportunities you get, um, because we're all working together to make a better Detroit. Um, a lot of times the young artists ask for ways of marketing, but when it's really just putting yourself out there, I grew up a very introverted person. Um, and through experience and trial and tribulation, I learned how to come up out of a shell and, uh, allow people to get to know a little bit more about me or the things around me that, uh, I may appreciate or love. Okay. And are you telling them like, you know, you mentioned like the album art is kind of like your staple. That's how you pay the bills. That's how you keep things going. Do you recommend to them, like find something that's uniquely like that you can churn out and make money from and then work on your passion on the side? Like what, what advice are you giving them? Um, so I have to, I, ha- I have a partner named Brianne. Uh, I, I grew up an artist. I've always thought that love and art would run and rule the world until I learned business. And <laughs> so you learned about rent and electricity. I learned yeah. responsibilities. I learned what being an adult was. Um, and then I learned that my art has to, um, stabilize or sustain myself as an artist. Um, but I think with the kids nowadays, it's, it's, it's tons of ways of making money from using the internet to using your hands to using the people around you and just uh, utilizing the platforms in, in a more, uh, I guess, provocative way um, than you may be accustomed to because you got to, like, shake shit up if if 100 people around you are doing the same thing. You feel me? Like, how can I stand out? How can I make myself different? How can I make myself Detroit but global? You feel me? I do. So speaking of success, Eric, I want to turn to you for a second. Yeah. Tomorrow night's a big night for you, right? I mean, you have a yeah. big, I'll call it studio opening because Lisa's opening up her studio for you. True. But <laughs> I can imagine like as a culmination of your work, like you you created all this stuff and now it's sitting on someone's wall for people to buy. Like, yeah. how does that feel? I mean, I can imagine oh, as an artist, that's got to be like the culmination of it all. Yeah, it feels amazing. It definitely feels amazing. And I've been working on this, this body of work for the last year, just like um, in my spare time because I've been working like, freelance like tony was talking about it's almost like i worked freelance to to sustain sustain myself and then i worked on this body of work to uh just because just because because i actually liked it so i feel like i'm getting to a good point in an artist career so i'll be here tomorrow yeah my wife's gonna be here tomorrow i'm bringing some people tomorrow i hear this is like gonna be the you know the the hot spot tomorrow night to see this art and i'm so happy for you because i can imagine you just must be beaming inside to kind of showcase your work to everybody yeah yeah, no i can't wait for everyone to see it yeah it's great and showcasing work you know tony your work you've done in in the market like these are big pieces the murals in the market program Mm -hmm. Tell our audience, because I want them to know kind of what you're doing there as well. Um, shout out to Rula and Jesse for the opportunity. Um, it was upon me coming back to Detroit that I got the opportunity. Uh, they pretty much gave me a stand like, hey, you have to um, 
work to get yourself um, placed here. And I took a year and developed and crafted myself in the arts. And uh, I had done large scale mural arts before and working on like street art paintings and like the Festival of the Arts back in the day when we still had it. Um, but working in the murals in the market allowed myself to not only have like a larger um, canvas, but it also gave myself another platform to, I mean, yeah, it gave me another way to uh, market myself. So people come to me every day like, hey, I've seen your mural. I've seen that mural. And, and for the people who are listening, tell them how big these are. I mean, these are not like geez. a little small little mural. Yeah, it's probably like over 5,000 square feet. Yeah, um, like a house. Six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like two stories for sure. Yeah. Two, two story building. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. totally hooligan esque. Yeah, you feel anything. You feel is, anything. I'm like loving this hooligan thing. Yeah. I'm gonna totally start spreading the word zone. about the hooligan. Yeah. I love it. I love I'll it. I tap you in afterwards. You All right, Lou hooligan and Lisa hooligan approve. <laughs> we got two L's. Two L's. Double L hooligan on this side of the table. <laughs> So I want to kind of hear from you guys, your just perspective of what's happening in Detroit, above and beyond just art. So the nightlife, the restaurants, the young people moving down to the city, this whole resurgence, like, what are you most excited about? Put art aside for just a second. I mean, you're also residents of the city. So tell me each of you kind of what you're most excited about seeing. Well, Lisa, why don't we start with you? Well, um, I'm excited that people from around the world are coming here and loving it. They're all, they're so happy. It's like, um... I'm just speaking of downtown where I am. I would never have known this perspective had I stayed in the studio in Corktown. And I'm meeting more people, which is great. It takes me a little bit away from the work I'm doing. But I love seeing all these people coming. And also, there's amazing restaurants, amazing chefs that are working here. Um, I love seeing the art scene and seeing the artists getting recognized um, for the work they've been doing. And the projects that I've had now are changing. As a, I was a photographer for, for many years, uh, working specifically for magazines and um, projects that utilized my photography. And now, um, for example, there's a restaurant opening a block away next to Shinola called Olin. And it hasn't opened yet. Nobody knows about it, really. But the chef is from out of town and he and his wife are collaborating together with the architect to produce a large scale. We're going to be doing like a 30 foot long image of my work Holy reproduced cow. on the wall. And, and like those projects wouldn't have happened had these restaurants not been opening here. The, the restaurants and the hotels are really, um, you know, beautiful to see from different um, people that are coming here, you know, building right. these places. That's awesome. And Tony, what are you, what are you most excited about the change of what's happening um, I think I'm more excited or at least most excited about the change that's happening in the inner city of Detroit. Um, a lot of inner city community development, a lot of art going up in neighborhoods that may have never seen art before at that scale. Um, I'm also excited about like some of the new businesses being developed there. A lot of my friends are also developing homes to become uh, sustainable living for artists as well as people that come from out of town as well as well as well as ourselves we got like a hooligan house in the north end um where we open up to artists and resident a lot artists and residency where we allow um either our friends or friends that we have encountered on our journey to come live and experience with detroit is about our friend uh ronis who was from sedan and she came stay here for like six months and completely in in indulged herself into the culture of what Detroit is, got a job and she loves it. She loves, it. she came back like a week ago for my birthday, but we all like, we all appreciate 
the the ongoing and progressive um, redevelopment and building of what Detroit is. Last but certainly not least, Cappy, tell, tell me what you're most excited about. Yeah, it's a little bit of a combination of both. I really like how Detroit is becoming a destination and a fully functioning city for, like, just everyone to come and check out. Like, I mean, no one really wanted to come to Detroit five years ago. So now that it is a fully functioning or, like, getting to be a fully functioning city and, you know, like the development and really just the whole development, I like everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, I moved here from Chicago six years ago and like kind of where we're sitting and you said a little bit kind of Lisa in your previous statements, it's like, there would be no one here. There would be no businesses. There'd be no restaurants. There'd be no cars going up and down the street. It'd be a ghost town. And here we are six years later sitting in this studio on Woodward with all these buildings and restaurants and young people. I mean, I think you guys should all be proud that like the work that you're doing is bringing people back and making it interesting. I think it's just super cool. So on that, you guys could each give your elevator pitch, right? So you're talking to people. People are listening to this in California. What are you telling them about Detroit that says, get on a plane, come check us out. You know, you're like your friend. Get get here and see what it's like to be in Detroit. What would you tell them? What to come to Detroit? Uh, I, just, I tell oh, them it's like there's some great places to go. The music scene's incredible. Uh, it always has been music. Uh, but the restaurants and just the whole, you know, art and all the cool things happening all around. It's just there's a vibration here that could be felt a couple years back and it started. I always ask people, what is it about Detroit? Because it puzzles me sometimes. We've been here our whole lives. And like, what is it that, and they said, there's just something that no other city's experiencing right now, but only here. And it's this vibration of everything's just happening. They can feel it when they come here. So that's, I, you know, I have to say it's true. So get your butt on a plane. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, so this is my favorite part of yeah. every podcast, okay? This is the lightning round. Okay, so we're going to go around the horn. I'm going to ask you some questions and just oh let her rip. Okay, there's no wrong answer. We can, remember, we can always edit anything out. So, okay. all right, we're going to start with Lisa. We're going to go around the horn. So, Tony, you're up next. Okay, you're, up, you're on deck. Right, I can do second. All right, Lisa, you ready? Yeah. yeah I First question: so. Favorite yeah. place or activity to get artistic inspiration? Belle Isle. Belle Isle. Mm. Ooh, nice. All right, Tony. I was going to say Belle Isle Conservatory. Ooh. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. cool. You can have the same answer. No worries. Yeah. No rules uh, here. Or, or my room. I love plants. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Cappy. I was going to say my, my workspace, my loft. Yeah. All right. Lisa, favorite Detroit icon? I got to pass. pass. I can't think. We're passing. Passing. I'm going to say Cartier sunglasses. Ah, uh, okay, okay. That's a good one. <laughs> you got to go <laughs> Cappy, what's uh, yours? Uh, the spirit of Detroit. Spirit of Detroit. Okay. Yeah, Lisa, you want another stab the at fist. it? The fist. The fist. Good one. I like that. Favorite restaurant or hotspot in the city? Well, I have to say Evening Bar at Shinola is one of the coolest bars I've been into. It's a new bar, but it's beautiful. And I I love going there with clients and it's close by. I like like it. All right. Shout out Mm -hmm. to Evening Bar and Shinola Hotel. In the city, I'm going to have to say Coney Street Grill. It's on Seven Mile and Coney. That's a first. I like it though. I like oh, it. Man. You gotta you gotta order it uh like an hour early because it's like a 45 minute wait. Okay. Hottest spot, best restaurant, <laughs> hottest spot. Where do you like to go? Prime and proper. Prime and oh, proper. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. I even had you gotta raise the prices on the art. I can't even afford that. Can I like it. I like it. Okay. Lisa, wow. you ready? Yeah. If you could meet any artist, dead or alive, in the entire world, who would it be? Uh, yeah, Basquiat and Warhol, like Ooh. in New York. Uh, the, they're prime. Wow. That'd wow. Be nice. That'd be okay. nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So I'm going to name two. Rancuzzi, who's long gone, a sculptor. He was so reclusive and mysterious that I'd love to know more about him. 
and what made him think and create that work. And the other is a current uh, living day photographer, one of the best, well, the best photographer, I think, is uh, James Natchway, who is a journalistic photographer who risks his life in all the wars. And um, his work is extremely powerful and moving. Love it. All right, man. I'm going to be cliche and probably wrong with a uh, Picasso and a Matisse. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like Picasso, Picasso was um, innovative for his time as an artist, as well as um, Matisse. Um, I, I think, I think, also with those two styles of art, um, they pull a lot of representation from, uh, I think, similar past inspirations that we may have like mm-hmm. in common. I love it. So I was gonna go John Lennon. It's a different, oh, different, different yeah, genre, not musician. Okay, Hendrix, I was yeah, okay. Now we're we talking music. I'm just going with what I know. I'm just going with what I know. So okay. I think I would meet John Lennon because I think he would just be a really interesting. Yes. He would be a podcast for the ages. Yes, be a great person that would be hooligan yes. for yep. sure. That's so, awesome. guys, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been so much fun. Hopefully, you guys have had a, as much fun as I have. And thank you for all the work you're doing for this great city. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Lou Hooligan. Yeah. Lou Hooligan. You heard it first. Yeah. All right, guys. So for more information on Lisa Spindler, El Cappy, and Tony Hooligan, check them out on Instagram. Their, their images are amazing. You can check out El Cappy at El Cappy, E-L-C-A-P-P-Y. Tony, you can check him out at, at Tony Hooligan, T-O-N-Y-W-H-L-G-N, and at Lisa Spindler Studio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this part one of this special three-part series. Tune in for episodes two and three, and make sure to write us a review um, and get back to us with comments and feedback. And if you want to check out more about what other amazing people are doing in this great town, check out expdedt.com, or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm.